1: Typically on our weekend episodes, I give you some ideas which you can focus on and improve your team over the next week and over the course of a season, but today I'm going to address a very important one that we want to make sure that we're taking care of and improving and that's you as the coach. So joining me today to talk about some of these topics about coach wellness and some things, very simple things you can do right now during your season to to help things like your sleep, um, to... Get rid of some of those aches and pains that we get from being out on the field all day, etc., is Gwen Lawrence. And Gwen has two Super Bowl rings, which she earned as part of the New York Giants. She was with the New York Giants as their yoga instructor for 16 seasons and really became an integral part of it under Coach Tom Coughlin. In fact... Uh, There was a lot of media interest in yoga at the time when Tom Coughlin talked about it. They were kind of the first team to implement it. Now, just about everybody in the NFL, most FBS programs have started to use yoga with their athletes. I know my son's team, when he was a senior last year here at Avon Lake High School, they used it on Saturdays and his team loved it. So she's learned a lot about just little things you can do to help improve your wellness. So joining me is Gwen Lawrence. Gwen, it's great to have you here today.
0: Thanks for having me, Coach. Happy to be here.
1: So Gwen, I really want to learn about how you got involved with the New York Giants. If we were talking about this today and being, you know, a well-known yoga instructor, it probably wouldn't be as big of a question. But back when you first got involved, yoga was not part of the routine for anybody in the NFL. So how did that come about?
0: True, true. And thanks for appreciating that because I definitely think I I forged a path for uh, many of my own trainees and other people to do the same thing I did. I actually started my husband's a coach. He played minor league golf or uh, baseball for a while and then became a coach and I started working with his teams and noticing some of the things that were you know not exactly right with the training and how each sport and not only sport but position has different needs, different common injuries, different movements on the field, so I started to really think about you know how I could formulate real sport specific routines for him and he started me with his football team, high school football team and I just saw how great it was. We saw a significant drop in injuries, we saw a better morale, better uh, mental fitness and I was lucky enough to be working with Frank Gifford. And Frank Gifford believes in me and his whole family. I was uh, part of the family for a very, very, very long time. And he was gracious enough to give me an intro to the Giants and just get my foot in the door. All I really wanted was an intro. And I just wanted to be um, hired on my own, you know, accord and talent and. And 16 years later, I guess they saw the value in it. And every year, like you mentioned, Coach Coughlin, he's just uh, been a great mentor to me and the biggest supporter to me and really had an open mind to new ways of training. And we would meet every year and try to change things up and improve things. And we just evolved together and uh, really created something special.
1: And enabled me to start a
0: school and train people in 28 countries to do what I do now for all types of athletes.
1: So as you started your work with the team, again, you know, for, for a lot of teams now, it's just a part of it. But back then, and probably I think if, if we're looking at maybe doing this with a high school team and, and those kids who aren't, you know, familiar with it at all, we might have that same reaction. But back then, what was the reaction of the, the players as you started working with them?
0: It was actually... Amazing. I love to see the evolution of uh, their understanding of the yoga. And most particularly, it was Sean O'Hara, and he recruited the O line, which is infamously tight, that O line and champions. And he gave it a try, and his fellow linemen came. And I remember Channel 7 came and did an interview. And they asked, you know, about his yoga and these big guys doing yoga. And he said, yeah, I was a little resistant. I thought it was going to be all Oming and things like that. And nothing could be further from the truth. It's pretty much one of the hardest things I've ever done. (laughs) So I really have to hand it to him because, you know, he was one of the leaders on the team. And once he and uh, Amani Toomer accepted it, it sort of trickled down from there and the trust was built in. But you know, each year, as you know, with football, there's a big turnover and it is about, it's almost like a reselling every year and proving to them what it can do for them. And they literally feel the benefit in one session and then they're pretty much hooked. But it takes a little, a little coaxing initially for sure.
1: Well, I do want to come back to this, this topic of yoga with the players at the end of our conversation, because I do think, you know, I, w- I want coaches to hear really what that can do for their teams as well. But I do want to get focused on the coach, which was our main purpose of of talking today. You know, too often we focus on our players' health and well-being, making sure those guys are ready to go on game day, but we're not necessarily always great examples of that. So I'll use myself as an example here. When I coached high school football, I I don't exactly know why, but I would come out of every season and and I would get sick. And usually it started with upper respiratory or sinuses or something like that. And it got to the point where after every season would kind of get worse and worse. And sometimes that thing would, would hang over all the way through Christmas. I remember one time at Christmas I had pneumonia. Um, which was just killing my lungs. Yeah. So those things that we don't take care of can accumulate. I think for me, it seemed like I would, would really hold on and my immune system would be strong. But when there was that, you know, the season was over and it was like that take a breath, then everything hit me at once. And then when I, I went to the college mm-hmm. level, there I did not experience that at the end of the season. I think some of it was I was always on turf. We were kind of in newer buildings and I think there were some environmental factors involved there. But I would usually come out of that season and my physical was usually at, at, at the end of the year and, and my numbers were awful as far as like cholesterol and blood pressure to the point where the one season mm-hmm. that he got me into see a cardiologist as as quick as he could and you know, I'm in My uh, early 40s at the time, you know, you typically don't see a cardiologist then, but we don't do a good job as coaches. We get, you know, our mind gets encumbered with all the ideas, the things we need to do. It's not necessarily like other professions where things can be set aside till tomorrow. You know, you're trying to solve all those problems. You're always thinking about the what ifs, which obviously leads to um, your mind (laughs) constantly going, right? I know I never, ever got good sleep, during the season so I'm sure you hear that a lot I'm sure you know not just in the football profession but people who are are focused on trying to be the best at what they do that sometimes they forget to take care of themselves
0: correct you said something that was perfect you said too often us coaches are worried about the players and um all due respect I'm gonna have to correct you and say always <laughs> yeah I've never seen one coach that put themselves in front of the players and you know it, it may be a played out sort of analogy but you know on the plane and put the oxygen mask on yourself before you help others and even just being a mom I know that if I'm not right I'm not the best mom and I am putting myself at risk to get sick and all the things that you mentioned aren't coincidentally all stress related illnesses, right? When we lower our immunity and just one thing is off, it could just throw the whole body off and, and, uh, sleep. One of the most major of all, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen the giant coaches just camp out in their offices, you know, and that, that can't be fun. That can't be comfortable. That can't be uh, stress-free for sure. You never really have a chance for downtime,
1: Right, right. Yeah, I mean, true. Yes, I've done that. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for for coaches, I, you know, we we like to look at okay, what's what's the game plan for this? And so I think it, it starts with here's some basic things you can do, and like with everything, there's adjustments you can make along the way. So when I think of, of you know the adjustment side, I mean, there's things that pop up like beginning a camp season. I would always have like my hamstrings and lower back tight because we're up and around for the first time for hours. You know, we probably haven't done that for a while. So um, we start to get some of those aches and pains over the course of the season too, that need adjusted. But, you know, thinking of of just looking at some of the basic things coaches can do and, and get started with here, what are some recommendations you have?
0: Well, I'm, I'm definitely going to, you know, stress that it's the best for the coach to be the example for the team. So if they can start with these techniques and really be really personally prove them they're going to be more passionate about trickling down to their team but to answer your question i think the best thing that they can do is learn how to breathe <laughs> my yoga in particular is based on a system of six facets and you know when you talk about yoga most often people's mind imagination and picture goes to flexibility and putting their leg behind their head and doing splits and it's not all about that. And I like to, you know, in baseball, you know, what do they say? The, um, is it the five tool athlete? Am I going to say that wrong? Mm -hmm. But you want to have, you want to have this six tools and you want to have balance in your body and symmetry because the most symmetrical your body is the less amount of injury you want to have obviously functional strength and take care of your muscle tone. And you do want to have flexibility, but you want to have equal flexibility to strength. But most importantly, I think for the coaches, it comes down to mental toughness and developing that mental fitness and focus because, you know, mind chatter and distractions can really become detrimental to your ability to coach the best that you can. And finally, and probably most importantly, what I said was breath work. Mm-hmm. So I really try to uh, keep that in conjunction with some of these regeneration yoga moves so that they're doing two things at once because I mean, nobody knows better than you how precious time is with coaches and players. So I want to be the most efficient I can with the best things that they can do to check off their their boxes, right?
1: Right. What I like about some of the things you're going to suggest is none of this takes a lot of time, right? We're talking about minutes here and there. Uh, we have those minutes here and there, so it's using them maybe in a different way mm-hmm. to allow us to be, you know, more mindful, to calm our mind, and 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 I guess, you know, when we look at those kinds of things, there are certain ways that people have a perception of what it is. So, for example, mindfulness and meditating means you're going to sit down and close your eyes and have distraction-free area, right. et cetera, et cetera, but it doesn't have to be like that, yeah. especially for the busy coach. <laughs> yeah,
0: for sure. I think that's that's the biggest deterrent. You know, I can't be quiet. I don't have time to sit still. I don't have time to close my eyes. And the truth of the matter is, it, it, it took me 20 years to master meditation. And I, I think it gets a bad rap because of the stillness and the quiet that you need. And we, we are not monks in the mountains of Tibet and we don't have the option to really tune out for long amounts of time. And studies have been shown that even three to five minutes a day can really, you know, start to shift the brain and calm you down. And once that happens, you're going to be better thinking, you're going to be better thinking on the fly, which is what you need in the middle of the game. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? right. (laughs) right. Uh, If if you're mentally unstable, you're going to make the wrong call. And guess what, the whole country is going to attack you for it. So um, there's very simple things you can do right now for one to three minutes with your eyes open while you're driving while you're coaching or yes if you do happen to have the luxury of just being still you can do that as well
1: I know for me you know that my perception of meditation was exactly that and I I did take it up a a couple years ago uh, just for that idea of learning to to calm my mind a little bit and be more mindful you know I'm I I could tell you during the season, uh, even when I was, you know, I'd get home when I was there, I wasn't there, right? (laughs) I mean, my mind was always somewhere else. And it's important for us to, to, you know, be where we are, right? Be where our feet are, uh, take care of those things that we need to take care of at those times. So we are going to share a resource that you put together at the end that goes into more detail. But I guess if you could give us, an overview of what that looks like for somebody to to be able to take those one to three minutes and how they would start to do some things and practice some things that are going to help them, as you said, huge benefits to it, even on game day, going to help them be more mindful. Right. You
0: want to have the most sound, calm mind as possible. And one of the best, I think, even visually, the best example of this is, I know we're talking football but if you could think about a pitcher for a second a major league baseball pitcher i think we've all seen one that kind of lost it mentally on the mound right and that's it the game is shot they they have no chance anymore the batter got in their head the the chirping team got in their head and it's over and it's the same thing for coaches for every player no matter what sport you're in if your head is not there you're done you're doomed and someone's going to pick up on that vibe so really I think as simple as learning diaphragmatic breathing, and that sounds fancy and that sounds hard, but diaphragmatic breathing is simply breathing in and out through your nose and deep down into your belly. So it's this big, deep diaphragmatic breath. You're using the diaphragm to fill and empty your lungs. And what that does, and this isn't a yoga woo-woo thing, this is medical science. And what that does is it actually shuts down the fight or flight response and calms you down immediately. So then you can access the things in your brain that you need to access on the fly. And you're not just worried about survival or you know, breath. You're actually you're more functioning. You have the biggest playbooks that I've ever seen in my life. So that freaks me out. So if I can make them more mentally sound to access all those plays, that's even better. And It's as simple as one to three minutes. You can do this between plays on the sidelines, on the field, simply in and out through the nose, deep down into the belly. And I do want to mention though, that there is a time and place for that fight or flight, especially for players in the middle of a a play. You don't want them to be perfectly calm, right? You want them to have a little bit of fire, a little bit of urgency going on, a little bit more blood flow to the limbs, right? But, it, and, and that, and this is the the main point about doing this important work is, you know, in the past, we had, I always go back to just easier for me to envision. I go back to sort of the caveman days, right? You have these these threats, and what's the threat? I don't know, maybe it's a dinosaur invading your your camp, and that's when you need the fight or flight, right? You run, you flee, you get to safety, and then you can calm down. Today, Our world today is constantly plugged in. It's 24-7, and we're living in these constant levels of stress. And our body is not equipped to handle that. And guess what? That's what lowers your immunity. That's what makes you sick at the end of the season, and it's all accumulating. You're just not even taking the time to feel it, right? So the other side effect of doing these mindful practices is being able to just tune in your body in the now like you just said and actually feel oh no I'm not breathing very well or Mm -hmm. oh my back hurts you know and too often they say I just picked up a piece of paper my back was fine and I threw it out well that really wasn't the case it was the straw that broke the camel's back at that point right so yes it managing your stress levels but also giving you this opportunity to really tune into your body and and your needs before it's an injury or
1: an illness what prompted me to start studying this is you know I got an Apple watch and uh, you know the first time I had it on you know it tells me to breathe and I'm like I am breathing what are you talking about here right and then you know, <laughs> so I, I did read a little bit on on the app and what it was for and now anytime it does it I, I take that minute and I go ahead and I, I breathe like that but and that's exactly what you're talking about in between plays in between series and you know what I thought about here I know I had a coach on from Illinois uh Rob Pomazak was the head coach at St. Charles North and he he did talk about uh and I think this was like during the shutdown when I had him on he talked about how he was starting to get his players more using some of these practices like that like breathing like learning to calm themselves between plays in a series right because you know that we don't want them necessarily on this emotional roller coaster ride all the time especially like if they had that bad play right okay now you can go to some of these breathing yeah. techniques as a coach, right? Sometimes right. you start to feel like those bad plays piled up and that it's your fault you didn't make the right call. It's a good time to step aside, take some of those breaths, right? get refocused, and, and get your, yep. yourself back to that place where you need to be.
0: Correct. Turn the page and move on. Not dwell in it where it affects you on the next play, and then it snowballs into a lost game with no, no hope, right? We've mm-hmm. all seen that poor kicker that missed, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then his career is over. He just got it in his head mentally that he couldn't kick anymore, and and they're done. You know, we don't want that to happen to coaches, players.
1: I mean, anybody involved. You mentioned a little bit about back pain or whatever it might be, and and so part of this is really mm-hmm. doing some things so that uh, we we don't get to that point where uh, we've you know worn ourselves out or put our put our body in a position where it's going to start feeling pain. And I know. Uh, a big suggestion that you have is to start working just again, short routines uh, could be in the morning. I know you like the morning routine, a routine it could be at night. Without getting into all the details of it, what does that routine look like and really how long does it take?
0: One of my main philosophies is, you know, being proactive to health rather than reactive to injury. So if you know you have a history of back or hamstrings or neck or even you know belly aches that's where it lands for you you want to you want to choose these bite sized doable daily if possible if not two to three times a week videos that are like 10 minutes that really just become a part of your routine and even rotating them so maybe you never really experienced back pain but it really doesn't hurt to be proactive to stretching and little strength moves to prevent it from happening even in the beginning. We all know what our one weakness is, but the truth of the matter is every year they just sort of pile up on top of each other. And before you know it, you have shoulder stuff and you never really had that before. So you want to just do routines that you can rotate on a schedule. And I'm not suggesting stopping your running, stopping your lifting. I still lift. I still go on the treadmill every day but the reason I can at my age is because I also do my yoga and and target my entire body you know throughout the entire week.
1: That stuff does accumulate in and uh, as as football coaches at one time or another all of us have mm-hmm. played the game and some of us played the game when maybe there wasn't uh, as much knowledge about the techniques that might keep us safer, and you know that that they're using today right. with uh, with their own players, some of these injuries as you get older are going to creep up on you. So for me, that happened a, a few weeks ago. I was just in the middle of the day, started having this pain uh, along. It was really, like started in my shoulder, but kind of was down into my chest, into into my back. It felt like you know I had this really bad muscle strain, and then I wondered like, wait a minute, am I having a heart attack? And then kind of you know I took my blood pressure, did those things. I wasn't having a heart attack, but could not figure out it would not stretch out. You know, nothing I did moving around was helping it. Well, I ended up going to uh, a chiropractor. He's actually a former player of mine uh, that I coached when he was. we We were you know I was at the high school level and. He's now, you know, he played football forever, actually had some, some injuries that got in, him into, uh, you know, the type of practice that he has. So I went in with him, got these x-rays, and he has this computer program that he started mapping points along that x-ray in, in my spine and neck. And then he shows me a picture of where my spine was aligned and where it should be. And it was way off from that line. <laughs> he, said, he said, this is, you know, this did not happen last week. This is the buildup of probably right. playing football and other things that, you know, and I told him some of my history had a car accident, et cetera, that it eventually is going to show up. Right. And so fortunately yeah. we've caught it at the right time where it's not going to be, you know, we're going to get it corrected here over the course of maybe three months and get it back to where it's supposed to be. But a lot of times you keep letting that go you know, even told me, you know, people start to get those stress fractures and they get to the point where it's not going to be fixed. So fortunately, no surgery, nothing big like that. Some easy exercises, some, you know, seeing the chiro in a physical therapist, we're going to get it straightened out. But, you know, if I could have had maybe some routines along the way that were regenerative and helped fix that, that would be important. And I know in the program that you've put together for coaches, that's part of it as well.
0: Yeah, a lot of regeneration. Uh, I separated it into upper body and lower body, so it is a little bit more bite-sized. And and then mostly, you, you know, the problem areas: shoulders, neck, back, legs, even, even ankles in there. Um, so that's great. You're going to do them on alternate days, and, you know, by the end of two weeks, you've got everything in there and probably brought your attention and awareness to an area that needs a little bit more attention and most of the time the videos or the areas you work on that you hate are the ones that you need to do <laughs> the ones that you're really successful and great at and love ah eh, you could probably skip that one next time in the round and and just really zone in and hold and there's you know there's also something to be said about uh, really starting their day right and ending their day right and starting, just energizing properly, not just jumping out of bed, just grabbing coffee and running. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're bogged down and haven't eaten till one or two. I'm sure that sounds familiar. But um, just, you know, being a little more kind to yourself in the morning, even if it's for 10 minutes. And a lot of us just press the snooze for 10 minutes. So get up, do this, and then start your day and see the difference that it makes. And the same thing at night, you know, you can't just step off that field after hours of practice and film watching and worry and planning and strategy and go to sleep. It's not going to happen. So another thing to do is a little 10 minute, you know,
1: rest. Exactly. And that's what I love about the things you put together. Again, not a whole lot of time, 10 minutes or less. And then pinpointing some of those areas, right? This is, man, having some back pain or my shoulder hurts today or whatever it might be that you specifically had have laid out some of those things, and, and then obviously provided some instruction on video that goes along with it. So uh, definitely some ways. If you're having these issues, I highly recommend this. I'll I'll share a link in the show notes, and I know that she's discounted it right now for for coaches who are, are listening. So uh, I highly recommend this link in the show notes. You know, one other thing in in this regard to coaches, and I mentioned it early, like the trouble sleeping, right? Shutting off your brain. How can this help you get better sleep, obviously, which, again, is going to have huge benefits to you as, as in your health, but probably in the way that you're going to be able to focus my uh, practice in the classroom on game day?
0: Correct. Correct. And I, I definitely just like to mention um, one of my from my mentor, Tom Coughlin, I, I asked him one time we would chat a lot. And I asked him one time, you know, what is it like the night before the Super Bowl? And he said, I actually sleep like a baby and I was pretty surprised to hear that, and I I asked him, you know, well, why? How? How can that possibly be? And he said, I prepared as much as can possibly done mentally, physically, and emotionally. I know there was no stone unturned, no page left unopened, and I know I did everything so I can sleep. And I think everybody should kind of take that to heart, even on the day-to-day basis, you know, you do your checklist and you're okay with that. And then give yourself some time for some healing and, and, uh, you know, leveling out of some of those hormones and
1: emotions and energy levels. flipping gears here back to the player. And I had mentioned my son last year on Saturday mornings, they would do yoga. Now, last year it was really important to him. He'd play that Friday night game. He was he was a receiver and he was on uh special teams. So, you know, he he'd wake up in the morning with, you know, some little aches and pains here and there. Now for him last year though, having been a shutdown all through uh COVID where uh, coaches couldn't really see him, so he ended up playing fall baseball to be able to get in front of some coaches too. So you know, he couldn't exactly go and perform at his best level if he wasn't physically ready to go. And he found that the yoga routine that they were doing in the morning after a game, and certainly he liked doing that more than than the lifting, was was much more productive and got him back physically to a good place where he was able to go then later in the day and play baseball and compete there too. So uh, what I I really like of one of the things you've put together is, you know, for every position coach – out there, Gwen has put together things specifically for that position group. So you've looked at some of the details that go into all of this. So uh, I guess the first question is, how can it be specific to those things? And what what do you focus on? And, and we could take a position as an example that um, makes it unique for each position and, and probably more beneficial than going through something very general.
0: There is an argument to be made that, you know, back and, and hips, are great for every player but what I was observing when I was watching them do some you know pre-game stuff in in training was that a lot of times they were doing the same thing and it struck me because if, uh, let's just take let's just take a wide receiver as opposed to uh, you know an old lineman right very not only very different bodies very different jobs on the field so why would they have to do the same preparation it just didn't make sense in my brain so I wanted to separate positions not only sports but positions so let's take the O lineman. you know you want a lot of strength and stability you want a explosive power and a lot of um, you know shoulder push power and um, even and to get deep down into the hips some of my best squatters are these big O linemen which I think is shocking to a lot of people and then compare that a wide receiver usually a taller leaner guy uh, more fast twitch speed they need you know they need to be able to have tremendous rotation in the spine in order to sometimes being up in the air and turn and make a catch whereas for the most part you know that O lineman is straight on yes i know there's other you know side to side things but if we're going to talk in generalities you could see the very different needs very big, open ankles, so they have more power to push, more speed, more finesse in their running, the um, wide receivers, as well as maybe more arm extension and shoulder flexibility in all directions. Whereas my O-lineman, I work more on shoulder stability and that concentrated strength.
1: Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I agree. There are those those different movements that are more important to uh, one player than another. So uh, I know these routines that you've put together are, are um, around 20 minutes or so. As I said, I think they're great for that day after the game uh, to be able to get your players to do something physically, to, to get them moving, uh, maybe a lot better than some of the old traditional things we, we might have done, uh, but gets them back on track and, and ready for that next week of competition. I guess the the question I have next is, you know, can you do some things? Can you break this up and do a few things throughout the week with them, too, that, that are going to help them without getting into a 20-minute routine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You can just find, like I said before, those trouble spots are the things that you hate the most, and you'll become acutely aware of them when you start doing the videos and just take them out in pieces and just do that as a standalone, you know, like a pigeon pose for hips and back. And just like you said, when um, I was working with the Giants, we did full-team mandatory um regen yoga on Mondays unless they unless they played Monday night football of course and then we also did uh stations on Fridays and yoga being one of the most popular stations on Friday so I obviously can't kick their butt on Friday that wouldn't make sense in two days they'd be the most sore but what I did was overall you know loosening up tuning in breath work and um, it was really, really well
1: received. Yeah, I, I do think in in looking at one of the trends in practice routines through the season or practice schedules is to do. Um, uh, it depends of whether you're college or or high school, um, but a, a no sweat Wednesday or a no sweat Thursday, where it's more on the mental part and walkthroughs and letting the body heal a little bit from those two heavy days of of pounding with full pads, you know, full go, et cetera. And then on Friday do a, a crisp, short, full speed, you know, low contact, but full speed workout where they're running through things. And And I see this as something that implementing a routine on those no sweat days, I think would be, uh, be very beneficial as well.
0: Definitely. And I kind of sneak in a little bit and some of the, this might uh maybe scare a few people but some of the poses are are longer holds one to three minutes in these and you're not standing but you know deep hold stretches that are kind of supported and you know one of the ways I worked at with players is to not give them an out so while they're holding this deep stretch while they're really opening and working on some regen encouraging them to develop the mental toughness and focus with their breath They're not allowed to come out of the pose just like they're not allowed to leave the field. You can't leave the field when you have, you know, you have the ball, you're down by three and you know, there's 30 seconds left. You can't quit. You have to find a way and we start to implement those ideas while they're doing their yoga. So it it just makes them even more excited about doing it and developing as a player.
1: Well, I think these are are some great things for coaches and I know that, I was always hesitant to add a lot of new things during the season but I do feel you know especially as teams get into the late season you know we've we've had that wear and tear on their their bodies for you know 5 weeks now 4 or 5 weeks now that adding this is isn't going to be something that is a huge task to take on that you do take them through the video step by step it it would be as simple as getting the video up in, you know, up in front of your team in a place where they have room to do all these, these poses. And it takes, um, I guess, a lot of the burden off of the coach if they want to implement this right now. Yeah, for
0: sure. And, you know, optimum, you start at preseason, not always optimum. If you're seeing that, you know, you're starting to accumulate some injuries, you know, it really is in your best interest to maybe, dare I say, cut down running on one day and put this in and just, Sort of create a more, like I said, focusing on those six facets, more well-rounded athlete. And you can always get some of that conditioning stuff in. That's a little easier for them to do on their own. But if they can commiserate and start yoga together until they really find the love for it and really see how it's helping them on day one, you know, it's not a hard sell. But you just got to start.
1: That's all. Start where you are. I was really excited to come across both of these products in the Tube library, and I know uh, you've off- offered a discount for our listeners on each of these individually, but if you want to save and get both of these, we do have a bundle available for you uh, where you could save even more by purchasing both of these. Again, the link for those will be in the show notes. And Gwen, I know you have a, a lot more to offer in terms of what we can do with our players from the perspective that you bring to this, and I would love to have you back sometime in the future to talk about more things we could do with our players and as our as ourselves as coaches
0: yes for sure this is absolutely my purpose in life helping coaches and players just be better is be consistent to be great so nothing would make me happier than to be on here and help you spread that word more and more